Thank you for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. For more podcasts, visit brumradio.com. Good afternoon, you're listening to Brum Radio. I'm Dave Massey. I'm down at the Birmingham Hippodrome. I'm joined by Fiona Allen, who is Artistic Director and Chief Executive at Birmingham Hippodrome. Good afternoon, how are you today? I'm really great, thank you Dave. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat to us on the Panto launch day. Um, How does it feel to be back launching the Panto? Uh, A great relief, I would say, and fantastic. It's joyous, it's wonderful to see the cast all together and the costumes and get a flavour of what the set and the show is going to be like. Uh, What I always love about our Panto is it's a great mix of people who you know, who are known and have been in our panto before and this year, you know, it's Matt, it's Dorian Tipton, it's, it's, it's Andrew Ryan as a dame, but then it always introduces new people as well. We've got Lexi and Jason who are brand new to our pantomime and in fact, I think it's Jason Donovan's very, very yes. first pantomime. That's so crazy. It's crazy, yeah. it's crazy, but what? no better place for it to happen. I think we're quite proud of the fact we've introduced new people to pantomime yes. here in, in Birmingham. And you, you didn't have a history of panto before you came to Birmingham at all? Me personally? Yeah. No, I didn't even really understand it or why it was funny or why anyone would go. So I'm... I arrived here a few years ago just baffled by the entire phenomena of it and I leave here a convert. And why we would do- donate five weeks of your calendar to this every year? Well, I kind of know that one because, it's <laughs> because about 100,000 people come to see it. Absolutely. So that's a really good reason that you'd put five weeks aside. But awesome. I was kind of baffled as to why 100,000 people would want to come and see it. I didn't understand that this is big and bright and it's like the biggest production you can see in the country and it's lavish and it's got every special effect and always this fantastic cast. I mean, don't expect a highly you know, a highly complex story, uh, but I don't think that's what people come to pantomime for. I was just saying, this is a version of Goldilocks and the Three Bears that I've never seen, and I know it's a story that gets told on occasion. Um, how much say or impact did you have in the, the, the choosing of the pantos that come to Birmingham? Um, is it something that you look at the list and say, can we do this one? Uh, Well, Michael Harrison, who's the director and the producer of the pantomime, and I have a discussion about it um, every year. Uh, It is a mixture of what's available. You know, we we like, you know, because we like our big sets and big special effects here, and so if it's something he's just created, say, for the London Palladium, that works really well. Um, And also we look at, well, what sells well here or what hasn't been here for a while or where's there been a gap. So it's it's a discussion between me and Michael. And I can tell you that last night, Michael and I went out for dinner and we now know what pantomime we're going to be doing in 2022. I'm not telling you. No, I'm not. But but that's kind of the way the decision gets made. Absolutely. I did know he wouldn't tell me when I asked him as well. Um, You're moving to to Sydney to go to uh, Australia. Opera Australia. Opera Australia. Yes, I can't say it either. It's okay. <laughs> uh, how, how does that feel to be going back to the other side of the world? Uh, I have very, very mixed feelings about the whole thing. I mean, I'm, I'm tremendously sad to be leaving the Hippodrome. Uh, I've been here six years, though, so yes. it was going to be some years soon I was going to leave, but I did think that I would at least see through the Commonwealth Games next year because why would you live in Birmingham and leave... <laughs> just before the Commonwealth Games uh, makes no sense at all. But I think one of my big considerations over the lockdown period was just feeling very far away from my family. And so when a job came back up in my hometown of Sydney, I went for it. And there you go. So I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, I, 
my heart's in two places at yes. the moment, and I think that's that's quite normal. And when you're into January and it's beautiful weather there in January, are you going to be thinking of us in the rain? I, I, well, I'll be certainly be thinking of Panto and wondering how the whole cast is going, but I'm really hoping that we've got opera on at Sydney Opera House by then, and that's Fantastic. where my January is going to be. And we, I mentioned this beforehand. Uh, what, what's your favourite stars of opera that you've seen before, and do you have a favourite at the moment? Well, I really like contemporary opera, and so I like things like Nixon in China. I really like the Philip Glass opera Satyagraha that Eno is about to do, and I saw it the last time they did it. So yeah, and of course the big classics, the big love OMs, and you know we have Welsh National Opera here yes. in just a couple of months, and they're doing Barbara of Seville and a brand new Madame Butterfly. Wow. And I'm really looking forward to Madame Butterfly because that's a new production. I love their version of Carmen that they did. Oh. I, that was one that I couldn't imagine how it was going to be set like that in South America. Just a, a bizarre setup, and then it just worked. I really enjoyed it so much. Um, do you think it introduces, you're going to be introducing opera to people like me that have never had very much experience with opera? I really hope so. I mean, it's part of what I'm excited about, about moving to Opera Australia, is the ability to just sort of open it up more and to make sure more people can see opera. I mean, you'd know from my time here that it's, you know, accessibility and inclusion is a, a part of my passions and, and developing audiences and getting people to see things that just blow their mind that they didn't even know was an option for them before is, is what really excites me in my career. So that's certainly what I hope to bring. Fantastic. And, and what do you think your um, legacy that you've left in Birmingham will be when you go? What do you think people will think of you as doing? I can't really speak to what people <laughs> will think of me as having done. I hope what they remember is that we've, you know, in the time that I've been here, we've doubled the impact of the Hippodrome. We've doubled the number of people that we reach every year. And as many people... Um, have contact with us from free performances and low-cost performances and through our extensive education program as sit-in seats in the auditorium. You know, we've made the building accessible and open all day for people to use. Uh, and I think what we do now is much more diverse and much more representative of, you know, the incredible communities of Birmingham. So I hope they're all things that people you know, can look back at and say that happened while I was here. And will you be sneaking in your Colour Purple award into your luggage? <laughs> taking that with you just to put it out on your desk on the first day? I hadn't planned that, but I think maybe I need to. <laughs> Thanks for that, Dave. I think you should do that. Uh, Fiona, thank you so much for chatting to me about this today. Um, you can see the Brumpanto from the 18th of December until the 30th of January 2022. There are over 71, well, 71 performances, over 70 performances of it. Uh, it features Jason Donovan, Matt Slack, Lexa McIntosh, um, oh, I nearly said Michael Harrison, but he's not in it, he's the director. Yeah. I'm saying everybody's names that I've got on the list. Thank you so much for chatting to me about this today. It's always a pleasure. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on your podcast app.